just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. As I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus. starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. To every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus.
Amen. Well, welcome to worship here at Fusion this morning. We're so glad that you've joined us here in person as well as online. Again, welcome. At this time, we invite you to stand up and greet one another with the peace of Christ. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Let's sing praises to him this morning. Praise. You reign above it all. 
رسیدن Good morning. Welcome to Fusion today. What a beautiful song. I haven't heard that song in so long, Sarah. Thank you uh, for all of you for leading us in that um, beautiful rendition of leaning. <laughs> leaning on his everlasting arms. Amen. Amen. Um, at this time, I would like to invite the kiddos to stand up and head over. You know where to go. And we will give our blessing as you head downstairs. I know, which way do I go? Do I go this way or should I go that way? All right. I know we have many families out and about today. It's, uh, it's the fall break at Holland Christian, so I know... Um, JB's one of them. That's why uh, we have Pastor Jeffrey here today. But uh, so we have a bunch of kiddos out and about. What a beautiful weekend. Amen? Oh, my goodness. I think this is such a blessing. I did not expect this. So are you ready, kiddos? All right. Here we go, adults. The Lord be with you. Amen. Have fun downstairs. Can't wait to hear what you learned today. Will you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Good morning, God. Good morning. Today we come together as a family, your family, setting aside the happenings of this week, joining together as your children, your chosen people, to be your dispensers of worship, of prayers, of hugs, of fellowship, and mostly importantly, your spoke, spoken word. And we begin, begin today with Psalm 36. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness is like the highest mountains, and your justice is like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve your people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. May everything that we think, do, and say this morning be all about glorifying and bringing honor to you as we shout for joy to you and worship you with gladness. Creator God, we come before you and we know that you are Lord. We confess that we have overlooked your goodness and your beauty. And as we see the changing of the seasons, your majestic presence surrounds us. And yet we do not often give you what you desire most of us, and that is our time. Even in the midst of your steadfast promises and your faithfulness from generation to generation, we so easily forget. We so easily get distracted by the things of this world, and we have to ask ourselves, why do we do that? Why do we constantly 
chase after things that do not satisfy, that do not bring us true joy, contentment, and peace. Forgive us for our hurriedness. Forgive us for our impatience. Our stress-filled lives are so hazardous to our overall well-being. Help us to reduce our speed and to trust you more. Help us to think of the things that are truly of value, our relationship with you, the love of our spouse, the wonderment of our children, our family gathered around a dinner table, a good night's sleep, the companionship of a good friend, and a warm sun-filled or a rain-drenched fall day. These are all gifts from you, not something that we created or manufactured. And as we reevaluate what truly matters, Holy Spirit, search us, empower us, pilot us, strengthen us, and enable us to not only accept your grace, but to soak it in like a cleansing rain. And we know that when we confess our shortcomings and seek you, dear Jesus, that there is no God, there is no God like our God. You promise to pardon our sins and forgive. Micah 7 tells us you tread our sins underfoot and you hurl all of our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You are filled with compassion, faithful, loving, and true to your children, and that is all of us here at this family that we call Fusion. And because of this, we too enter our gates with thanksgiving knowing our real hope and our future can only be found in you. We humbly approach you giving thanks in all circumstances. We give you thanks for this church, for the many ministries, for the people here that share an authentic faith and a love for you, a love for this neighborhood. Lord, enable this church to fight the enemy and advance your kingdom, not focusing on what we want, but to selflessly honor you with a sincere gratitude and a servant attitude. We give you thanks for Pastors Bill, Aaron, and Florencio as they lead our sister communities, Celebration and Fusion in La Mission. Guide them as they speak of your love, grace, and wisdom. We give you thanks for Pastor JB and his family for the time that they have away. We give you thanks for their love and their encouragement and their support and their wisdom that they provide to this community. Bless them and protect them. And now, Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and as your word is proclaimed through Pastor Jeffrey, we may absorb what you wish to say to us today. And then, dispensing that out into wherever you lead us this week, because of your grace-filled invitation, we boldly lay these prayers before you. We embrace your forgiveness through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. We respond in grateful praise, and our faith is shaped day by day by your tenacious pursuit to shower us with your never-ending covenantal love. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So I have the great privilege of introducing Pastor Jeffrey Huff. He is a founding pastor of Angel Community Church in Muskegon. And it is a church plant that began in 2000, I understand, right? It's a church plant between the Christian Reformed Church and the Reformed Church of America. And Pastor Jeffrey, one of his greatest passions is not only to deliver the word of Christ, the word of God, but he has a deep passion for the power of prayer. 
And I'm so excited to hear from him this morning. Pastor Jeffrey has, um, is married to Evelyn, three daughters, and two grandchildren. Is that correct? So welcome him this morning. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Mary, for such a gracious introduction. In the absence of my brother and my friend, my colleague in seminary and your pastor, JB, one of the things that uh, he demonstrated to me while we were in seminary was that you could be a pastor and still be cool. <laughs> you could still be JB. And I just thank God, and I thank you all for welcoming me. Uh, as Mary uh, said in the introduction, Angel Community Church is located in Muskegon, Michigan, and it is a union church plant that started as a church plant, but I think it's morphed more into a mission. And we will be celebrating this next weekend our 22nd year. My background was in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in the Church of God in Christ. Uh, my mother, who uh, just turned 96 on Saturday, made sure that we knew that Jesus was King of Kings and that he was Lord of Lords and that no one came to the Father except by the Son. Now, when I grew up, I was sharing with your drummer that many years ago that uh, I was a drummer and I was a drummer that played only in church and I played in a Pentecostal church. And I probably would still be playing from the opening prayer right now. <laughs> and so for the last 22 years, I have become a part of uh, the Reformed faith, but still rooted in my Pentecostal roots. And so every once in a while when I'm away, I might need just a little help. And sometime I might need an amen or a hallelujah. And over the 22 years, we've devised a system that when I'm away that I can solicit your help. And it's very simple. It's when I raise my right hand, if everybody would just say amen. amen. And when I raise my left hand, if we would just say hallelujah. hallelujah. Testing. You know, coming here, uh, my GPS system took me some way. I don't know how I got here. And I didn't realize there was that many blueberry fields and corn fields right here, right by in Holland. 
I attended Western Seminary for nine years and uh, was a part of Upward Bound in the 70s. So I kind of know Holland. You know, I remember back on 8th Street when it was the Burger King. And, you know, so I got some roots here. But I didn't realize that way in. But on the way in, it just gave me a different uh, view of Holland. And it made me think of a story that I shared earlier uh, about that word amen and hallelujah. There was a uh, camp, a Christian camp one time. And uh, on this camp, they had horses. And the horses were known for their beauty. And there was one horse that they had that when it was first born, that they knew that there was very something special about this horse. And so there were some interns there from college that year, and they said, I tell you what, we're going to do something cool with this horse. We'll have this horse that when we want it to go, we will not say giddy up. We'll have it go on the command of. And we want it to stop, we will not say whoa. We'll have it stop on the command of. And so they did, and the horse, you know, learned as he was trained, and so he went on. And he stopped that. Some years passed and the camp ran into some difficulties and they had to uh, close. And so they auctioned off all their properties. And this gentleman came and he saw this wonderful horse and he bid it and he got ended up with the horse. And uh, he just thought, man, what a wonderful deal. And, you know, at such a good price, he was thinking something's got to be wrong. And so he's taking the horse out. And just as he was leaving, the chaplain stopped him. He said, wait a minute, sir, there's something I need to tell you about this horse. He's, uh-oh, here it comes. And uh, he said, oh, no, no, it's this. You just got to understand, to get this horse to go, you don't say giddy-ap, you say. And to get it to stop, you say. Hey, oh, that's a small price to pay for such a wonderful horse. So he gets home, he gets on his riding gear, puts his hat on, he jumps on his horse, and he says, giddy-ap. The horse just sits there. He says, giddy-ap. The horse just sits there. He gets a little impatient, giddy-ap. And the horse just sits there. But then he remembers what the chaplain told him, and he said, and the horse started to trot. And then he said, and the horse started to run. And then he said, and the horse just took off in a full gallop, and his hat flew off his head, and his hair was blowing in the air, and he was just thinking, man, what a wonderful horse, and I'm just going to love this. What a wonderful deal. And the horse was just, he was just flying. And then he looked up, and he saw that he was coming to a cliff. And so as he was approaching the cliff, he started yelling, whoa, 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 whoa. But the horse just kept running, and he was getting closer and closer to the edge of the cliff. And just as he got to the edge of the cliff, he remembered what the chaplain said, and he said, And he was so elated, and he was so grateful that he wiped his brow, and he looked up to the heavens and said, Our text today comes from Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God. Look at somebody help me out and say, the Lord your God. Oh, we, you, you finna get a quick course in Pentecostalism out there. We, 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 we talk to each other and we talk back. And uh, look at somebody say, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. You know, we can't plan the whatevers in our life. We can't make plans for the whatevers that come along in our life. But isn't it a joy to know that wherever the whatever comes, that the Lord our God is with us? When I look at this text and I see where he tells Joshua, did not I command you, not encouraged you, not told you, not suggested to you, but I commanded you. And then he says to be, to be, to be, to be. And it's something about that word be with our Lord and with our Savior that when God commands and he says be, that things happen. It takes me back to the creation story when he said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be. And it was. When God gives the command, the word be understands that when my, father, when my Lord gives the command to be, that what was not can be now. And so he gives this command to be. Be strong. Be of good courage. Then he also gives a command of what not to be. Not to be afraid. Not to be discouraged. Our young people have this phrase sometimes that when someone does something that offends them, they say, you're dissing them. Don't diss me, man. And God is telling Joshua, don't diss your courage. I've given you courage. I've given that to you. Don't diss it. Don't diss your courage. Do not be discouraged. I have given this to you. This is a command. And when I say be, things happen. When I say be and give the command be, things happen when I say be. So if I say be of good courage, you got courage. It's already there. There's no need to diss it. There's no need to ignore it. I have given you that courage. I have given you everything that you need, and I've given you that because you are going to go to some wherevers in your life. And so I've given you good courage. And I like the word, this one, sometimes NIV, sometimes it doesn't say, it just says courage. King James, it says good courage. And I understand that word to be good courage because I know some guys that uh, will stand in front of a gun. Shoot me, I'm not scared, I'm a man. That's not good courage. That's dumb courage. Better to say there he go than there he lay anytime. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb courage. But he says, I've given you good courage. And I've given you good courage because I've given you good news. And I've given you good courage because you need to carry the good news. 
Because just as what I created and I said, let there be and everything I created and I said it was good. Well, I'm giving you good courage because I am sending you to spread the good news. And one of the things that we understand, one of the main components of the gospel is the good news. But one of the main components of the good news is to spread the good news. It's to tell the good news. It's to go with the good news. Christ has called us to go. We see Christ in the uh, 28th chapter of Matthew around the 19th verse when he says, go and make disciples of all men. Go. He's called us to go. I looked as I was looking at your logo where it says missional. Missional. The great commission, missional. I've sent you. I've commissioned you. I've given you courage. I've commanded you to have courage. And because I commanded you to have it, you have it. But don't diss it. Don't let doubt. Don't many times, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'll look at myself and I'll think that, Lord, I'm not perfect. And, you know, I look at the things that, you know, sometime and, you know, as Mary was praying, you know, I resonated with the prayer. And, you know, sometime I think I know more about the Detroit Lions than I know. And that's terrible. You know, that I, yeah, well, you know and, and you spend more time, you know, uh, at football or at these things than I do with my Lord and with my Savior. And there's sometimes when I look and I look at myself and I look at the things that, and I say, Lord, that I'm not perfect. But then I understand that he has given me courage because I don't have to be perfect. My Lord and my Savior, he was perfect. Jesus was the one that was perfect. But he has given me courage and he has given me strength and he has given me understanding that I can go and I can go into various places and I can go into the whatevers. And at what I've been in this ministry for the last 22 years, there has been some experiences that I've had that I've seen that the Lord has shown me through his spirit and through his encouragement that you got to be strong and you got to be of good courage. And I'm giving you that. And you need that because you're going to have to take that wherever you go. We started 22 years ago. The plan was that we're going to plant a church and in three years that, uh, you know, we'll be an organized congregation. And my plan was, you know, well, in five years, I'll start looking for a pastor to replace me. And then in seven years, I'll go and I'll plant another church. And, you know, by now I would have planted three, four churches, been on five, six sabbaticals. And, you know, I would have been all over the place. And right now I'm still right there where I was assigned to be. And the church, what we thought was going to be a church plant has turned into a community mission. When we first started at Angel, the community in which Angel was located was considered to be the most crime-ridden area in the county of Muskegon. When we first started the church, I lived a ways away from the church. But after about two years, God, with his great imagination and sense of humor, moved me across the street from the church, right smack dab in the middle, reincarnation. I remember neighbors telling my wife and some of the, my wife worked for the state of Michigan. She was a social worker for years. How are you going to let him make you move 
there. And so we move and after a while we're, we're, we're in the community and we become a part of the community and I knew the community because I grew up there. And so we, 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 we start to see that this is not going to be for the faint hearted. But then I hear the words that he commanded to Joshua, be strong and of what? Be strong and of what? Because I will be with you what? Wherever. And God has a funny sense of his wherevers are not always your wherevers. They become your whatevers. And so I, 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 I remember one day I was walking home and from church after a Sunday morning service. It was about this time of year because Western was on our fall break. And we had a couple of days uh, that we didn't have class. And so that was always a good time, especially for someone like me that was pastoring full time and going to school part time, of course, to catch up on my reading assignment. So I'm thinking after church, boy, I can't wait to get home. I don't have classes till Wednesday, you know, and I got all just kind of reading assignments and writing and I'll, I'll get all this done. And as I'm crossing the street to go home, I hear pa pa pa. And I stop and I, boy, I sure hope that's firecrackers. But in my heart, I knew it wasn't. And I knew that it was the sound of gunshots. And I knew it was very close to me. And so I say to myself, well, maybe somebody thought it was uh, New Year's Eve early or something, you know, it's something. And so I go in the house and I think to myself, well, if I hear sirens from an ambulance, I'll know something's going on. And I hear an ambulance that comes right by my house. And within a minute, it stops. And I can see the light in my house, and I can see and hear. And so I go outside, and I walk down the street. And within a block and a half of my house, I can see it from the front porch, there's a young man lying on the sidewalk, a victim of homicide victim. And so I stand there for a while, and you know, and listen to the people, and as his family comes, you know, then after a while, I knew his dad and some other things, and I leave and I go back home. The next morning when I wake up, I'm in my office uh, trying to do some of uh, my assignments, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. What happens many times is when a situation like that happens in the community, where it, the, the uh, incident happens, people gather around and they start to almost make like a shrine there. And people for like some of his friends or whatever his fellow uh, members will be there three, four days, you know, eight, nine hours, 10 hours to the Louis Arnolds of the night. And that's what, what they'll do. And so this was no uh, same, same situation. So there was about 35, 40 guys hanging out at this corner. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, I want you to go and speak to them young men. I pull out my Moses act, send someone else. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send someone else. It worked for Moses. Yeah, and of course it didn't work for Moses, but I figured, well, you know. And so he said, no, I want you to go. And so after about a half hour of realizing that uh, the Holy Spirit was not going to go away and I was not going to get any studying done, I, just, I, I get up and I reluctantly and I start to walk towards where they're at. 
be strong and of good courage. See, but it's something about that when you're actually in the moment, you don't think like that. I'm being strong and I'm being of good courage as I walk and you are with me everywhere I go. That's not what's in your head at that time. But isn't it a blessing that he gives us that even when we don't know it and in hindsight we can come and we can see and we can realize that he was always with us? And so I walked down and I really don't know too much what I said to them because it really didn't make a lot of sense because I really didn't know what to say. But I do remember one thing that I did said and said, and like we all, a lot of us will say, if there's anything I can do, let me know. That's like saying, how you doing? We don't really pay attention. It's just a cliche. So I leave and I go back and I tell the Holy Spirit now, maybe I can get some work done. I did, you know, what you told me to do. And then he reminds me, well, you need to go to the drugstore. So, you know, I get in the car in the driveway, I take off, I go a few blocks to a neighborhood drugstore, uh, pharmacy. And so then when I come back and I turn the corner on Apple and I look down my street, those same 30, 40 guys that I saw on the corner were walking down the street. And so I think to myself, I wonder where they going. They turned in my driveway. My wife picks up the phone and she calls 911. Then she thinks about it because she know that for years I have been talking and preaching from uh, uh, Ezekiel 37 about the dry bones and, you know, prophesying and preaching and praying and uh, praying and believing that these guys that you see out there, those are our future deacons. Those are our future elders. Those are our future church members. That's who those guys was. And she remembers what I said and she makes things worse because then she slams down the phone. So then I come and I get out the car because I'm in my own driveway and I hear one of them say, there he is, because they had went around the corner and I'm pulling in the driveway. They said, there he is in my heart. So I don't know what they want. And they come and they kind of, you know, some of them kind of got around the door. I was getting out. Then one of the guys who I know now who was definitely my son and uh, just spent time with, you know, that's another story. But at that time, I didn't know. He came up to me and he said, Pastor, you told us that if there's anything that we can, you can do for us, let us know. Hey, yeah. They had a request. Would you open the doors of the church and pray with us? That was why they came. Would you open the doors of the church and pray with us? So, of course, so we go across the street, church across the street, open the doors, we go in, and I pray. I don't know what I prayed again, you know, but I prayed, and uh, sincere prayer. And when I get through praying, they look up and realize he's Pentecostal, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, as I get through praying, they tell me, Pastor, you know, they want me to say something. And so I'm like, well, you know, what am I going to say? And when the Holy Spirit says, I will bring to your remembrance what to say. And God has a great sense of humor. So I start out and I tell him, look, guys, I got a problem with you. I'm brave now. You know, I, I got a problem with some stuff that you're doing. I really got a problem with. And what I tell him is, look, 
you guys are up here, you're drinking, you're doing some number of things on the corner and this, that, and the other, and you're doing it, and I started to name them. And then I tell them, I said, but that's not my problem. I said, well, my problem is this. You guys be on that corner eight, nine hours a day doing what you're doing and doing this, that, and the other, but you didn't have any chicken up there. You didn't have nothing to eat. I don't see no McDonald wrappers. I don't see anything. You guys are up there all day long, and I've never seen you with anything to eat. I don't drink. I don't smoke, but I eat, and I got a problem. Why don't you ever have anything to eat when you guys are up there? And they all start laughing. And so then I tell them, well, I tell you what. I reach in my pocket, and I say, I got the first $20 on a bucket of chicken, 35, 40 guys. And so they say, okay. And so we raise a few, a few dollars. And what they tell me is this. We're going to go back to the corner because we're having a candlelight vigil. And when that's over with, we'll come back to the church so we can eat chicken and break bread together. I immediately call a couple guys from the church. And within 10 minutes, I got over 200 bucks. We called the Myers. We end up, to make a long story short, we had about 200 pieces of chicken. I don't know how many bags of bread and cookies and uh, those big old things of juice and stuff. So the guys come back, you know, after the uh, vigil and, you know, they're hungry. And these are young men, you know, between 15 and 23, 24 years old with young men appetites. And they're grabbing open bags of bread and, you know, we're eating chicken and, you know, we're laughing and, you know, we're talking and, you know, and, uh, you know, we're just fellowshipping with one another. And so then when it's over with, after about an hour or so, we see that it's time to leave. Once again, they come to me and they said, we want a word. I didn't realize at the time that it was just them saying they want a word from God. They want a word. Do you know people want to be prayed for? I've been in my experience in the last 22 years, people want, people desire for prayer. They might not always desire to be preached to, but they want to be prayed for. And so what the Holy Spirit has me tell them is this. Look, fellas, I'm not going to preach to you. And I'll tell you why. Because how do you preach to people that you do not know? How do you preach to strangers? You don't. Many times our mistake, we try to preach to strangers as opposed to trying to get to know them. And so my next thing is, look, it was a Monday night. I said, I tell you what, if you guys are willing, every first Monday of the month, I'm willing to come and meet with you all here at the church at six o'clock and we'll provide the food. If you guys will just come and you'll get a chance to know me and I want to get a chance to know you. Same guy speaks up and he said, nope, pastor, we don't want to do that. We want to meet every Monday. We want to meet every Monday. And for 10 years, almost 10 years, we met every Monday. JB knows that I would share some stories sometime at seminary of some of the things that God was doing in that community by us meeting every Monday for over 10 years. 
did I not command you to be strong and of good courage because I will be with you wherever you go. I would love to say that they're all deacons and elders right now, but I can tell you one thing. They're not on the corners like they used to be. The helicopters are gone. It's no longer a federally designated drug area. There are some people that are complaining because they say the neighborhood is too quiet. An elementary school just reopened a block from Angel Church. Angel School just reopened, and it's a naval academy. It just opened in September of 2022. I will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and be of good courage. Your wherever may not be where my wherever is, but your wherever is your wherever. And God has called you through the Holy Spirit, through Christ our Lord, to go to the wherevers, to your Jerusalem, and to tell the good news. He'll be with you. He'll give you the strength. He's already given you the courage. When he commanded it, he said, did I not command you to be strong? It was no different than when he commanded and said, let there be light. There was light. The courage is there. That's why he says, don't be discouraged. Don't diss what I've already given you. Don't let it be light and still try to act like it's darkness. Can't you see the light? So my brothers and my sisters, I've come here today to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ, to share with you the power of being strong and of being of good courage. But I also come to let you know that when, you, when I see the strength and I see the good courage, it comes in the form of testimony. It comes in the form that when I look back and I see the things that have happened, when I look back and I see what the Lord has done, I see that he never left me. I saw that he never forsake me. But while I was going through it and while I was doing it, I was shivering me timbers. I was shaking in my boots. I was doubting. There was a whole lot of stuff that was going on. But the Holy Spirit was still leading me. The Holy Spirit was still guiding me because it wasn't my mission. It was his mission. It was his purpose that he was sending me for. And so when I hear Christ saying, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, therefore go. I hear him saying in Mark 16 and 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I'm here to encourage you to go, 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 and to go to the what? What did he say here in the text? He says, but I will be with you wherever, wherever, wherever you go, wherever you go. My brothers and sisters, each generation needs God's revelation. But each cannot experience the unique events and teaching firsthand. The written word of revelation enables us new generations to learn God's revelation and gain strength and courage from it. 
It says in the book of Revelation, and they were what? Strengthened by the testimony of the saints. When Christ calls us to be his witnesses, witnesses have something that they do that is very unique. You know what witnesses do? They testify. They tell their story. They tell their story. The story that they tell best. The story that they don't have to go back and look at their notes and read to make sure, which is nothing wrong with that, but they tell their story, the story that they know best. When Christ said that you will be my witnesses, he said you will tell your story. You will tell what I have done. You will tell what I have done. I am your witness. You will tell your story in your particular context, in your particular situation. I like to call it in your particular wherever. And I'm here to tell you today and to witness and to testify today that he will be with you wherever you go. Because on that day, that started a turnaround in our community. That day, believe me, <laughs> we say shaking like Don Knox, <laughs> but he was with me and he commanded me. And I even to this day, like Lord, I repent of dissing my courage. But what I found out that even when I tried to diss my courage, I couldn't diss him because he still didn't leave me. He was still with me wherever I went. I've come here today to solicit your prayers. I come here today to share with the brothers and sisters at Fusion. I come here today because you got one of the coolest pastors in the world. <laughs> but I come here today because we need your prayer support. We need your prayer support. The logo of Angel Community Church says, Angel Community Church, a house of prayer, changing our community one prayer at a time. One prayer at a time. Time nor context does not allow me to go any further right now. But I am here as a living witness that if you be strong and be of good courage, because it is a command of God, just like when he said, let it be light, there was light, you already have it. Just don't diss it. But even when you diss it, he'll be there with you. So as you think of Angel Community Church, remember us in your prayers, because it's prayer that changes things. And it changes one prayer at a time. And I am on a campaign to assembly a prayer army, to assemble a prayer army of people all around the CRC, the RCA, the Pentecostal church in which I come from. Because what we have and what Christ has been doing in that community, it's only begun. It's only just started. So my brothers and sisters, I leave you with these words of Christ. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of Wood Street. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, we know that before we ask you for anything, we just want to thank you for everything. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your goodness. Father, whoever prayed and asked you to send your son to die for our sins, whoever prayed and said, Lord, send Jesus, send your son to die for our sins. Father, we never prayed no such prayer. So therefore, we come and we say, Lord, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. Father, we thank you for our Lord. We thank you for our Savior. We thank you for our Redeemer. We thank you for our Waymaker. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your unfailing love. And Father, we thank you for the brothers and sisters that are gathered here in this place. And now, Lord, now, Lord, now, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor Jeffrey, if you don't mind staying here a moment, I thought maybe we would pray briefly for you right now. If you guys all want to extend your hands and reach them toward Pastor Jeffrey, and let's pray for this community. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the word that you've given us today through Pastor Jeffrey. Lord, we thank you for the good courage that you have given him in those moments that he expressed today, as well as over the many years. And Lord, we know that you will equip him in this way for years to come. So Lord, guide him, Lord, in his ministry and his mission. Lord, be with his co-leaders and those who he works with, Lord, who help him in the many ways that we know that communities don't run on their own or by one person, but Lord, um, equip him with the leadership that he needs. So Lord, guide him, bless him, be with Angel Community, and put it on our minds, Lord, many times to pray for Pastor Jeffrey and for his people. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand up and worship with us. Sweet pie. 
And now go with these words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Go in peace. Yeah.